0: That's for all of my friends who don't qualify for real estate professional now, for whatever reason it is. Those That is what I want you to think about when you're thinking about investing in real estate. A fraction of your ROI from investing in real estate comes from tax savings. Real estate is still worth it, even after a bonus depreciation phases out. That's why I want to do this episode to really talk about that. Welcome to Generational Wealth MD's podcast on financial freedom through investing in real estate. My name is Param Dandapani. I'm a mom, radiologist, real estate investor, and mentor to others looking to start or scale their real estate portfolios. Thank you for being here today. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with inspiration, strategies, and insight so that you can stop trading your time for money and live life on your terms. If you love the episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. So I really wanted to start talking about this topic because a lot of you know in our community, the Creating Generational Freedom, the, within the coaching program, we have multiple members who every year, their one of their big goals is to save, to shelter at least half a million dollars of clinical income from taxes. And they do that either by getting real estate professional status or by investing in short term rentals. So that's the strategy they go in with. And I talk about this and it's a huge win if you're able to shelter half a million dollars of clinical income from taxes in one year. And that's because that's the maximum limit that the IRS allows. It's I think, believe it was 524,000 last year, probably slightly higher this year, but in that ballpark. So you have people on one end of the spectrum who are really taking advantage of all of those tax savings, you know, that I have been qualifying as a real estate professional for the last few years. So I've been able to do that. A lot of our members do that. But we have people on the other end of the spectrum who either because they're working full time, or because they're you know, on an H-1B, they really can't shift those their real estate investments from the passive bucket, which is where they typically sit, into the active bucket, right? So I get this all the time. There are people who say, Param, I work full-time or I'm single. And actually, honestly, there are ways to tap into short-term rentals and get those tax savings, even if you work full-time or if you're single. But for whatever reason, right, that's just not something that they are able to do at this time. They're not able to be more active in real estate. There are those of our members who are on H-1B visas, and for them, sometimes it can be a violation of their contract with their employer if they are more active in real estate and they shifted from the passive to the active bucket. So they need to be intentional about how they're investing in real estate. They need to stay passive in real estate. Sometimes we have members who invest in syndications where... Again, they may not, not be able to shelter clinical income from taxes, and they have the same question, you know, is it still worth it? There is a facing down of bonus depreciation that's happening. A lot of you know that we've been from 2017 till last year, we had 100% bonus depreciation, which just means meant that we could really tap into those tax savings that were afforded to real estate investors. That is being phased down. And a lot of people who are just getting started in real estate investing sometimes think, well, without bonus depreciation, is this still going to make sense? And so this podcast is for all of you out there who are thinking the same thing, right? I know we focus on all those huge wins with tax savings, but there is another dimension to it, which is what we're going to unpack in today's episode. So I have two scenarios. Just to make the numbers easy to understand so that when you get out of this, it really explains those concepts better. So The first scenario is if you're investing in real estate and you want to be completely passive. This is how I started investing in real estate in 2014. So I actually ran these numbers for my first property. So a simple and this just also goes to show you how when you start, it's going to be small, but things just add up. Right. So I started out with a property that was one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in Houston, which is the market I started in. And it was a turnkey, long term rental, nothing fancy. It was super passive, I had property managers in place, and I didn't want to be active in that property. I put $37,000 down, that was 25%. And so just to keep those numbers simple, that's what we start with. Now, if I had qualified as a real estate professional at that time, if I was able to take advantage of bonus depreciation, I could have if I had been able to tap into those tax strategies at that time, which I wasn't because I was passive. But if I had been able to, then with that particular property that was purchased for $150,000, I would have been able to shelter $37,000 of my clinical income from taxes, which meant that the post-tax dollars that I would have saved from that one investment in year one would have been $15,000. That's a 40% ROI in year one, which is significant, which is huge from tax savings. But A, those of you who know this know that 2014, we didn't have bonus depreciation, but this is just an example. And B, I did not qualify for real estate professional, so I didn't do that. But if I had been able to tap into it, that would have meant that acquisition and bonus depreciation depends on purchase price, not it doesn't depend on how you financed it. So based on purchase price, I would have had $15,000 in my pocket in post-tax dollars saved if I had been able to tap into that strategy, which would have been a 40% ROI year one, because I had $37,000 down. Okay, hope that's simple. Now, let's see what, because I wasn't able to tap into that, I got returns from that property, which were because of cash flow and equity build up over time. So let's see what happened with that property over six years. So over six years from that property, I had $40,000 in cash flow. And this is because of, this is something I talk about too. It's because of inflation hedging, which means that over time, my rents went up, but my biggest expense item was my loan, which was fixed, right? So over time, my cash flow keeps increasing. I had $40,000 in tax-free cash flow over those first six years. And it's tax-free because of depreciation when you have leveraged real estate. So I had a mortgage on the property, so I had a paper losses because of depreciation, which meant that all the cash flow that I received from the property, I did not have to pay taxes on. So on paper, I had paper losses, so that all the cash flow was tax-free, which is important to remember. So over six years, we had $40,000 in tax-free cash flow. Over the same six years, I also had $60,000. It was actually seventy, dollars but for ease of numbers, we're going to call it $60,000 of equity buildup, which happened because of market appreciation over time and also because of debt pay down, which is where I'm taking the rent, collecting the rent and using that to pay down the mortgage. And a portion of that goes towards principal, which is increasing my equity in the property. So that is also something that you could tap into. Actually, I had more equity buildup, but I was able to do a cash out refi, which is a way to tap into that equity, again, without paying taxes on it. So cash out refis, when you do a refinance and you cash out, you pull out equity from your property, that is also a tax-free event. So in a sense, over those six years, I had $100,000, $40,000 from, from cash flow and $60,000 from equity buildup that I was able to tap into tax-free, and that was tax-free money in my pocket. This was with a completely passive strategy, which is the equivalent of fifteen. It's actually sixteen point six, but we'll say fifteen thousand dollars every year of tax-free income that I was getting for that thirty-seven thousand dollars investment, initial investment, which is a forty percent ROI every year, which is also tax-free. So that bottom line, if you look at it, the question then is: if I were more active in real estate and I qualified as a real estate professional status because of the time that I was putting in. I would have had that additional 40% ROI in year one from tax savings. And yes, that there is time value of money, which is really important, which is why we say if you can tap into those strategies, do it. Because having money today is better than having it three, four years down the road. So there is time value of money. But notice that even staying completely passive, where I was literally spending 15 minutes a month on that property, I was able to get that same 40% ROI, get tax-free cash flow in my pocket over time. So it just goes to show you how much of an impact cash flow and equity buildup can have over time. Now, let's look at scenario two. But now this is comparing an active strategy to a completely passive strategy. So now let's take a look at scenario two, which I wanted to go over also, which is where this is, again, another short-term rental that I acquired a few years ago, running numbers for the same property. But let's look at an active scenario, right? So if I were to go in and take, purchase a short-term rental for $400,000, putting $40,000 $40,000 down, 10% down, you could do that first as a with a second home loan, right? Owner-occupied financing, and you could use that property as a short-term rental. If I put $20,000 down to do a rehab on that property, now my equity in that property is $60,000, right? So I have $60,000, $400,000 property. Now, if I were to bonus depreciate that property, if I were to use those advanced tax strategies on that property, I would be able to shelter $120,000 of income from taxes That's approximately 25% of the purchase price. For those of you who are thinking, okay, how do we get get to these numbers? Rule of thumb, it's approximately 25%. It differs depending on the state you invest in because land costs are different. It differs based on the kind of property, multifamily, you get more bonus depreciation. But anyways, it's approximately 25% for a single family home. So $120,000 of my clinical income, I could have sheltered from taxes using that one property, which would have given me approximately $60,000 of post-tax dollars saved. Right in my pocket, which is a hundred percent ROI in year one, by using those advanced strategies. Now, suppose I wasn't able to do that. Suppose I didn't materially participate in that short term rental. Suppose I wasn't actively managing the short term rental. Right? What would have happened then? Now, if I had put in twenty thousand to rehab the property and the property value increased, this is called this is what we call value add or forcing appreciation. Suppose you take a property and you four hundred thousand dollars put twenty thousand in and you increase the property value to five hundred thousand. Now you've built up $80,000 of equity in that property right away because you're forcing appreciation. So you have $80,000 of equity built up in that property that you could tap into tax free if you wanted to. If you're running it as a short term rental, your cash flow is likely going to be higher. And so these were actual numbers from that property or a property similar to that in my metro that I invest in, you would have $36,000 from cash flow and approximately $4,000 of debt paid down over a year. So that in itself, adding up that equity buildup from forcing appreciation rapidly, the cash flow that you get by from using it as a short-term rental, right? the higher cash flow and debt, debt pay down, that itself adds up to about 200% ROI from all of those things in year one without factoring in the tax savings. So yes, if you're able to tap into the tax savings, you would have had an additional 100% ROI in year one. But remember, whatever you're getting from forcing appreciation from in you know, from equity buildup over time and from cash flow is also significant. And that's what I wanted to highlight. And if you take those returns and you compare that to what you would get with the traditional retirement model in the stock market, that's when you begin to see that the impact is significant. And these are all things that you have control over. You have control over it unlike the returns you would see, say, from, you know, from the stock stock portfolio where it's, you know, you're at the mercy of the market. So again, so those returns are significant, even when you don't factor in tax savings. And that's what I wanted to highlight for my friends out there who are thinking about this very question. So that's one part of it. That's the impact of tax-free cash flow and equity built up over time that can be tapped into tax-free. Now, So, do we not get tax savings? So, we've already talked about how even when you're not tapping into those advanced tax strategies, your cash flow is tax-free when you have leveraged property, and also your equity buildup can be tapped into tax-free. So, you have those two things. But the other thing to remember is that even though you know you're not really getting the, the, you don't have the ability to tax shelter your active income. What happens is that. If you should be maximizing your your deductions every year from that property, no matter what, even if you're passive in it, and that's because all of your losses, even if they are you aren't able to use them against your clinical income, if you have excess losses, they get carried forward every year, and on the back end, when you sell the property, you can use that to offset capital gains, and you can use that to offset bonus depreciation recapture. So it's always in your best interest to maximize. Any deductions you have from that property. And for those of you looking for strategies to make sure that you're tapping into all of the possible you know, deductions that you can get. We have a blog post. If you go to generationalwealthmd.com, the blog, there's a blog post on maximizing tax savings. I want you to take a look at that. And then we obviously also go over this in detail when within our coaching program, Creating Generational Freedom. And so if you are considering enrolling in that, we have a waitlist. The program opens in the fall. Make sure you get on the waitlist. That's com slash waitlist in lowercase, and that'll get you on the waitlist. But again, remember, you are still able to tap into all of these, the deductions and all the savings you get from maximizing that on the back end when you sell the property. So if you sell the property and you have excess losses, those losses get unlocked and they become active losses at sale where you can use, if you have excess losses in excess of capital gains, you can use that to shelter your clinical income. So those tax benefits are still available to all of us as real estate investors. We just don't talk about it. We don't think about the fact that Even if you were to sell a property, the gains, capital gains from real estate is taxed at 20%, which is significantly lower than your income tax bracket. And most savvy investors, all of us have the ability to do this. We use the strategy called swap until you drop, which just means that you never sell a property that is appreciated in value. You just keep 1031 exchanging it, right? You keep transferring the equity in that property into other properties until you pass away and your heirs inherit it. Because this way, you're deferring gains and depreciation recapture. And when your heirs inherit the property, their basis is reset. All of that gains is completely wiped off. No one has to pay taxes on that. So we still have the ability, and you can do that even with our syndication opportunities. We're always trying to give our investors who invest with us in syndications, the ability to 1031 into our next project. This way, you're able to do the same thing. You're kicking those taxes down until you kick the bucket and then those taxes are wiped out. So that that is available to all of us as real estate investors, even if we aren't able to use the short-term rental tax strategy or use the real estate professional status. That's important to remember. Now, for those of you thinking, okay, cool, so if I acquire properties now, I really won't be able to tap into those advanced tax strategies. There's one other thing I want to mention before before we wrap this up. And that is the fact that you if you are strategic about your acquisitions, you can, you know, you can use those tax strategies on the properties that you have acquired since 2017. That means if you acquired something last year or this year, even if you don't qualify for real estate professional status or for materially participating in your short-term rentals and using those losses. To shelter your clinical income this year here's the good news okay and i've spoken to multiple conservative cpas and gotten their opinion on this and this is how they interpret the tax code at this time if you were to say qualify for real estate professional two years down the line so 2025 you qualify as a real estate professional but you acquire properties in 2022 2021 when people were eligible those properties were eligible for 100 bonus depreciation you can bonus depreciate those properties. Again, this is where you need to be really strategic about the timing. You do it in a year where you qualify as a real estate professional. So say 2025, you know you're going to cut back on medicine or you have a spouse who's going to you know, be able to spend more time on real estate. That's the year you're going to qualify for material participation on your short-term rentals or for real estate professional status. If you acquired properties in say 2022 where those properties were eligible for 100% bonus depreciation you can bonus depreciate those properties in 2025 when you qualify for to, to be able to take advantage of those advanced tax strategies, and you will still get 100% bonus depreciation. You can still do that. So that is for those of you who are thinking, oh, can I really, you know, I really want to tap into it. So it's still possible. Again, the timing is going to be really important. And then always talk to your tax professionals. So so for those of you, so again, just to wrap all of this up, that is for those of you who think you may qualify in the future for a real estate professional. For those of you who are thinking, I'm on an H-1B, I have an EAD, and I'm not sure. Well, I'm going to wait till I get my green card. I want to do this after I get my green card. You can still do it if you qualify as a real estate professional later. It depends on how you bonus to appreciate the property. It depends on your year of acquisition. And you can still unlock those massive tax savings be able to take advantage of the time value of money, do all those amazing things down the road. So that's for all of my friends who don't qualify for real estate professional now for whatever reason it is. Those That is what I want you to think about when you're thinking about investing in real estate. A fraction of your ROI from investing in real estate comes from tax savings. Real estate is still worth it even after a bonus depreciation phases out. That's why I want to do this, this episode to really talk about that. Make sure you take a look at the blog post about how you can maximize your deductions because yes, it is worth it. Absolutely. And then for those of you who are looking to get on to the next chord of creating generational freedom, we open up in the fall, but you can get on the waitlist. It's generationalwealthmd.com waitlist in lowercase. And that's the best way to learn to invest in real estate the right way. If you're interested in learning how to invest in long term and short term rentals the right way, So you can accelerate to financial independence with the support of mentorship, community, and vetted investor agents in strong markets across the country, then get on the wait list for the next cohort of Creating Generational Freedom at www.generationalwealthmd.com. You don't have to learn from decades of costly mistakes by yourself. The program is only open for enrollment in the spring and fall each year. In the last six months alone our members have acquired over 60 million dollars of real estate and more importantly they are living life and practicing medicine on their terms you don't have to do it alone i hope you've been inspired by this episode and are ready to take action Your feedback means the world to me. If you found value in what you heard, I would greatly appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate the podcast, leave a review, and follow the podcast. And if you really liked the episode, share it with a friend. Your ratings, reviews, follows, and shares not only motivate me, but they also help others discover the show and join the community. So please share your thoughts. Let me know what you liked and even what you'd like to hear more of in the future. I can't wait to hear from you. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes. And until next time, take care.